Hello, and welcome to Bryce and Ren 3 Direct-to-Video. Today we'll be discussing the hit Disney Toons film, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. My name is Bryce Henderson, I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast, and with me is always to break down all things uh, Disney Toons. <laughs> one run on Fontas, Ren, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bryce. Yes. It's been a long year. <laughs> it's been, been a long time since you and I have had a chance to celebrate Christmas. Right? I mean, it's been, what, four weeks since we talked about Bell's Enchanted Christmas? <laughs> we have a... This is another, like, back-to-back -back Christmas one, right? Yeah, we have, uh, like, se Season of Giving, I think, is next next week, and that's, I think, Great. Pooh Christmas. And so. the bigger movie. Yeah. You like that one, though. Okay, I saw the I saw a Tigger movie for my like seventh birthday or something like that in in the theaters. So, the there's actually two movies on this, three movies on this list that I saw for my birthday. In really? Theaters, in fact, the Tigger movie, Peter Pan two, and the Jungle Book two I saw in theaters for my birthday. You saw the Jungle Book two and Peter Pan two in theaters? I did. I That's did. just the concept of anyone seeing those movies in theaters mm -hmm. is insane to me. Not only, like, Ren, not only did I see them in theaters, but for my birthday, like, I was like, mom and dad, like, they were like, do you want to go out to dinner somewhere? And I said, no, I would rather you guys take me to go and see these movies. More so than I didn't... anything, take yeah. me to see the Disney Tunes sequel to Peter Pan. Yeah, so I didn't eat. Instead, I watched Peter Pan 2 Return to Neverland. So... <laughs> Like when we went to Kinky Boots and you refused to eat at Margaritas and Rita's because we were going to watch Kinky Boots. Yeah, it's, it, that's exactly it. You, you never, don't ever eat before Kinky Boots. Don't eat before the show. You'll get nervous. You'll get stage fright. Yes, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly correct. You'll give the actors stage fright? <laughs> yes, um, that's, that's the case. Is it, but you can eat, can you eat during the show? Like as soon can, as it you, starts, you can break the out the pasta. Is, if it's like a show that sells like concessions, mm -hmm. like if you go outside and like Alyssa's dad has her has his popcorn machine, you know you can buy some support like the the school. Alyssa's dad. <laughs> <laughs> so your high school productions, it's okay, but like formal shows, it's a no go. Like it, it depends on what they're selling there. Like if, if it's mm -hmm. if it's a venue where you can get like a uh, like when I went to Beetlejuice, I could get a Beetlejuice themed drink. Okay. But they didn't have Beetlejuice themed mm -hmm. food. Was it called Beetlejuice? J U I C E. I don't think so. <laughs> that's that's disappointing. They had two signature drinks. I don't think either of them did anything with the show's name. That's a bummer. That's a real bummer. What was it like? Beetlejuice bog. And it was like some green drink. Uh, Beetlejuice's brew. Yeah, the the Beetle brew. Uh, but that could be, you know, you could the nice thing, Beetle brew. You don't sell, don't sell all of it. Beetlejuice ends up closing on Broadway. Just bottle that stuff up. Sell it when Sweeney Todd reopens. So you're good, right? Beetle there, Beetlejuice. Sweeney brew. Yeah. Todd brew. Which which would you rather drink, Sweeney brew? Or Todd Brew? No, 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 no. I'd be called Todd Tonic. Todd Tonic, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it would be called. I love alliterations. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, big fan. Um, Red, 
speaking of things that we're big fans of, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. This, best Christmas uh, movie since Elf. Best Christmas movie since Elf? Yeah, Elf, I think, probably came out after. But Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, this was the uh, last Disney Toon movie to release in the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, does it feel that? Do you, do you feel that? I, like, it's interesting. Because, like, animation-wise, it's it's crisp. It, it kind of feels like something like the end of the millennium. Mm, yes. Like, it, it's a bit crisper looking than the, than what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Kind of feels a little bit more modern. Like, yeah. The, like, the, like, Max's clothing is still, like, dated in, like, late 90s. But we're, like, getting closer to a more modern aesthetic. And away from, like, the rad, cool 90s vibe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be out of, even as a 90s kid growing up in the 90s, I did not like that. Yeah, no, it now feels a little bit more like we're in, like, I, I'm not going to say modern, but like the 2000s. Like, yeah. it, it does feel a little bit, like, more mature. It's the 20th, uh, not more mature, 20th but like, century. Yeah, um... It's so, it, was it nice, Ren, to get to revisit uh, two sets of characters that we've already met before? I was uh, I was happier to see Goofy and Max than I was to see our little duck friends. <laughs> what is it? They're like they're like Aunt Rosa. Give me a smooch. Oh, what's no? It's, it's like a Aunt Birdie. Aunt, Aunt Birdie. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna cover you tonight, Mac. Wacka Wacka. Wacka Wacka. Wacka Wacka Wacka. This uh. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of the Donald Duck one, but I thought the yeah. Goofy and Mickey one were pleasant. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I was surprised. I think my biggest shock, rent is that we have seen less... Um, we have... Like, this is the first time in all the crappy content we've watched where we've gotten the, like, blank every day scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I'm we surprised never... it took this long. Yeah, we never got, like, a... Like, Cory, uh, like Cory's Fourth of July hell, where he's like stuck in the Fourth of July. Um, it I, Ed like... keeps reliving a day he gets detention. Yeah. Uh, the beast has to keep reliving a day until he's nice mm-hmm. enough to bell and the servants. Yeah. Um, Logan Roy, uh, has to <laughs> relive the day over and over where Kendall tried to overthrow him. I would um, love to see Logan Roy go through a Christmas Carol type situation. A, gro- a Groundhog Day, yeah. Like both. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. make him go. Oh, make him go through a Christmas Carol situation that also Groundhog Day loops. <laughs> so every night is like emotional turmoil. <laughs> he's trying to get to bed, and the ghost of Christmas Past shows up, and he's just like, "F off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is surprising, because, like, I was thinking while I watched specifically the the duck piece here was, do you and I, I, could we do maybe around the time of our, like, whatever our next celebration is, should we do, like, a race to the bottom? 
of like a race to the bottom yeah of like where we i don't know if it's some kind of tournament or what the format is but essentially we we try to determine who the worst person is that we've podcasted about Ooh, i like that because like I'm, i know we got the roys in there i mean like cory baxter is pretty awful ned is terrible i think right you and i hated uh was it Feynman? um Feynman from nezzy classified so uh and then we have these like goddamn ungrateful ducks. So, <laughs> the, imagine being stuck in a Groundhog Day loop and you do the same thing every day. Like they're bored and miserable, but they just they just keep doing the same yeah. thing. In fact, they don't even keep doing like they do, and then they start like drilling harder and harder <laughs> into the same thing, hoping it'll make things better. And they don't realize that things are just getting worse and worse. They're oblivious. Also, who who are their parents? They, uh... I thought they... it was Donald and Daisy. No, that's Uncle Donald. Well, yeah, I know that now. I think their parents got lost in the Hey Arnold jungle. Oh. They got lost there, too? So or is there a... a they, duck... either, they either got lost in the Hey Arnold jungle, or they fell out of the Amazing Spider-Man plane. <laughs> That's so specific. <laughs> what are we doing? Peter, the, in the Amazing Andrew Garfield? His parents fell out of a plane, right? No, I think you're thinking of... I I, I know why you're confused. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm thinking... There is definitely a you're plane thinking, sequence, you're right? Think, yeah, you're thinking of... Who's the new Spider-Man? The, the, Tom the young, Holland. Tom, so you're confused because you're thinking Tom Holland. You were saying Jungle Movie. You were thinking of Tom Holland starring as Nathan Drake uh, in that Jungle movie that he did that's, uh, that's based the on the PlayStation game. game. Yeah. And in that, in the, the trailer, I haven't seen it, but in the, every trailer, he, he seems to fall out of a plane. And I think that's why you're confused. I'm pretty sure Peter, Peter Parker's parents fall out of a plane. <laughs> yeah, maybe they do. I can't confirm that. And I don't think you can either. In fact, I don't think anyone can. So I think it's best that we just move on and All agree right. to uh, disagree. So, Ren. Yeah. The Max and Goof of it all. He's young again. Yeah. We went back in time. Favorite Max, Teen Max or young, like, Child Max? I like Teen Max. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, okay, cooler uh, Max role model. Shred or Powerline? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Shred. I think Shred could take out Powerline easy. Yeah. Powerline just dropped on a, on a ski slope. He's going to get snowboarded to death by Shred. He would. Yeah. Shred is also like, that sounds like someone you don't want to mess with. I'd be scared of him. Like if I yeah. saw him out. Yeah, I'd I'd like if we were on the same street, and he was coming my way, I would cross mm -hmm. the street. Yeah. Um. So, would you would you think of the the like general impressions on the goof bit? I liked the goofy one. I thought it was charming. I kind of hoped, and but like I figured it wouldn't. That all twenty two minutes of it would just be them trying to get the letter to the mailman. Because yes. like that that's got that's got like fun goofy specific potential mm -hmm. he's like the slapstick character mm -hmm. like a big chase scene trying to get your letter to santa claus that's that's perfect goofy material so you thought that opening sequence where they tried to mail it you were like i wish that this just kept going 
I thought that's I thought that's where the potential. What's what's your limit on was. that? What's your limit on that? How long could you watch? What's my limit goofy, on that? What do you mean? Go- how long could you watch Goofy chase scene a man like the mailman? If you know they could vary up the set pieces, <laughs> get a little heart going. Yeah, I would watch a full twenty-two minutes of it. Okay, you know you just make it like a cross-country trip. Mm-hmm. They just gotta keep going. Um, yeah. Okay, so you want a cross-country trip of this? Him trying to get the letter to the mailman. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I like that setup because it it's not as if, like, Goofy's set on this one mailman. <laughs> right? There's totally, he's crossing the country. And, like, they, they can pass by, like, a bunch of, po- like, mailboxes. Yeah, as, like, on the yeah. Way. He needs this one to get the letter in hand before Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought this bit was cute. This was the only one I, I know I had said that I'd seen this, this bit, I didn't super remember. I think it, like, even after watching it, I think it's probably the most, like, forgettable Yeah. of the three. It doesn't mean that it's bad by any means, but just, like, forgettable. It's got, like, the most cr- basic Christmassy premise. Yeah. You know, it's my son doesn't believe in Santa, mm-hmm. but, like, goofy-fied, so it's I don't believe in Santa anymore by the end of it. And they both rekindle their belief in Santa. It's like a very mm-hmm. standard Christmas special. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, and I don't know. I mean, the length of these, were these, like, is the length of these different shorts enough to fill, like, a 30-minute time slot? Is that also maybe the intent of these? Well, they're all, like, 22 minutes, because the whole mm-hmm. special is, like, 66. Yeah. So they're all, all about there. Um, so I guess, like, for syndication purposes, they would air in, like, one hour and a half block yeah um that would make sense so that would make sense all right but we'll we'll get back to to the specifics of max and goof in a sec but the o- only other thing like overview wise uh M- mickey and Minnie. <laughs> right uh i agree that like the mickey and Minnie one was also i think probably maybe the strongest i felt like it had some plot holes but it's it is the strongest it has like the strongest emotional arc to it yeah but i've never been a big fan of like the story archetype of oh i gotta sell like the thing i need to live so i can buy this thing for the person i love yeah i've never never liked that story trope and like it it, you know this is a charming short and it's cute like it's fun it's like disney like disney-fied but like me personally, I don't like that plot beat. No. It like it takes a lot to like sell me on the story and this doesn't really do it. Like it's good. It's like fun. Better than most <laughs> of the stuff we've seen, but eh, not my favorite way to indulge Christmas. Yeah. Um I do like so I felt like I had to suspend also my beliefs here to really buy into this Ren. That Mickey Mouse would be this poor. Yeah. Yeah. He's so poor. In what world? Mickey and Minnie. Both of them. Like, their house is going to be foreclosed. Mickey's literally the face of the Disney Corporation. And you're telling me that... He walks the street in rags. Mm-hmm. He has to play his harmonica for tips. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what was that? Um, And, like, Disney is they use mickey and minnie so sparingly they do um it's not like they can't just do anything with mickey so the fact that disney was like yeah we can make make mickey 
um so so dirt poor destitute yeah that uh you know that's fine that's it's okay it's kind of endearing it is in a way but also it like makes like it makes disney look greedy like i know that i know that mickey's obviously not real mickey doesn't make a real paycheck but like come on <laughs> like in the same and it's the same world too so we're supposed to believe that goofy is a single dad who is he's doing pretty well for himself um but mickey like goofy also helps people out on christmas yeah. he's not gonna help out his friend mickey yeah, no <laughs> gonna let him starve <laughs> Mickey's Mickey's too. I think I think it's like a. I think Mickey probably doesn't talk often about his financials with He's others. Like Goofy, I think he, Goofy probably Mickey's just assumes. Proud. He's yeah. too proud to talk. Yeah. Um, and Minnie has like literally a drawer filled with massive overdue bills that she like refuses to pay and let Mickey know about. Yeah. So like the day they get kicked out is gonna be a very hard day. Or if they get married. It's a lot of shocks and disappointment on both of their both of their sides. Um yeah. I don't know, Mickey and Minnie. Um so, Ren, uh, any do you, did you have any trivia or fun facts about you. this? Yeah, what do we got? I have a couple bits of trivia here. Okay. In the segment Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magi, the Dixieland Jazz Band at the Charity Toy Drive is made up of firefighters named the Firehouse Five. Mm -hmm. This is a nod to the Firehouse Five Plus Two, a seven-piece Dixieland jazz band founded in 1949 and consisting of Disney animation staff. Oh. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did you, Walt Disney is like a big fire dude. He loved fire? Well, like firehouses. I didn't know that about him. Yeah. His office at Disneyland was in the top second floor of the firehouse on Main Street. We should get him a fire hat for his birthday. Ren, I got some bad news for you. Why don't you give us a fun fact instead, though? Uh, in a very goofy Christmas, there are lawn flamingos dressed up for the holidays. They are based on the flamingos from the Carnival of the Animals segment in Fantasia 2000, which was in production at the same time mm. as Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. That's not that's not Disney Tunes, right? Fantasia 2000? No, that's real Disney. Man. I'm all about Fantasia 2000. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you're there's one segment. One segment that, like, made me love music. Really? It, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, music is something else. Yep. There's, a, there's a, most of them are, like, okay to, like, throw away bits in there. But, yeah. Yeah, I was sold on that. Uh, What else? What else about Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas? In A Very Goofy Christmas, one of the ornaments Goofy puts on the tree mm -hmm. is Angelique from Beauty and the Beast. Oh! Enchanted Christmas. I didn't notice that. Me um, neither. So how does that work? I guess, like, uh, the Beast did something bad later. They all turned back to furniture, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's been hundreds of years now. They just kind of, like, decayed and died. Hundreds. <laughs> hundreds of years? It's been hundreds of years. So Angelique's soul isn't stuck frozen in this thing. She, like, passed away already. Okay, good. Okay, good. It's just uh, her corpse. Yeah stuck in there like if goofy drops it there's not going to be like a bunch of bones or anything right <laughs> if he like he, you can like bend it like a glow stick but you can hear the bones crunch uh, <laughs> no 
No, 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 no. Um, yeah, well, shout out Angelique from the Disney Toons film. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted Christmas. <laughs> okay. Here's cool. my, uh, here's my last bit. Yeah. Despite this movie being three different stories created together, this is the first time that the entirety of Disney's classic Sensational Six appear in their very own feature-length animated film. That is very interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah, I mean, it adds up. Makes sense. Um, I mean, also, like, they're all so protective, right? Yeah, they are. Um, we got... Because in a Goofy movie, we do have Mickey and Donald show up there, but we don't have Daisy. I mean, Six. Who is it? Donald? I don't know if Daisy's part of the Six. She is. Yeah? Yep. One, two... So Goofy, Donald, Daisy, Mickey, Minnie, Pluto. Yeah, that's yep. six. Okay. Adds up. Uh, okay. I mean, Ren, there was something that really bothered me. What? When Pluto, speaking of Pluto, pulls up as the reindeer, and Winnie's like a horse, and his front two teeth get really big. Yes. Mm-mm. So the reason Mickey is so poor is because he spent his money on, like, genetically mutating Pluto. He modified for, Pluto. Yeah, for this bit. Yeah. In the same way that Minnie has not told Mickey about the overdue bills, he mm. has not told Minnie about what he has done to their dog. No. And the financial toll it has taken on them. Oh my gosh. Is that why it answers the age-old question of why Goofy can walk and talk but Pluto can't? exactly is pluto modified not to yeah i guess so okay. i guess he used to be just like a regular guy till mickey got his hands on him and that's why mickey's so poor yes he spent all he of his turned money a man into his pet <laughs> he reeked pluto <laughs> honestly Makes Mickey look kind of like a bad guy. A little bit. It's, a, it's a kind of a bad look. It's uncouth. Yeah, I would say it's not preferred. <laughs> not preferred. Um, yeah, no, so in this bit, we do have, so we got, we'll work backwards. Is that okay, Ren? Yeah. Okay, so with, with the gift, gift of the Magi, we had the whole, uh, Minnie and Mickey pretty much are, they can't afford the ideal gifts for the other one. And so Minnie really wants to get a a case for Mickey's gold harmonica. His, and I mean, when you think Mickey, you, you can't not think of the gold harmonica. That's so. like his iconic thing. Mm. I remember yeah. in Steamboat Willie when Mickey, down <laughs> on the rim of the ship, pulled out his golden harmonica mm. in black and white. Yeah, and starts uh, humming away some the little Bethlehem babies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Minnie wants to get Mickey that for Christmas, and Mickey wants to get Minnie a chain for or, uh, her gold uh, like time locket that she. Make has. It, it's also like a regular necklace. Yes. Um. So he wants to get her that, and we see them. In their different struggles throughout this segment. Uh, they both have unfavorable jobs. Minnie's is, sees 
I don't want to give like I don't want to give them too hard of a time run. <laughs> but did you, both of them, I was gonna say just mini, but both of them actually seasonal jobs. <laughs> it, it's a rough economy. <laughs> mini is expecting a big bonus this year for her seasonal gift wrapping job. Daisy's in there. Daisy's doing the gift wrapping job too, but I assumed I, I don't know why I assumed da- Daisy's I assumed... working smart. She's like going at her own pace. Yes. She like she knows what's on the other side for her. <laughs> yes. This is more of like a hobby for her. Like she has some fr- some free time. Donald's bringing in the big buck. She is Uncle Scrooge is bankrolling the whole like duck family. So money's not really a big concern for her. She could she could, she could take this job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Minnie I mean, I don't know. I just think maybe Minnie should. There might be other things. Um, but so she's expecting a bonus, and instead she gets a fruit cake, which is uh, in a way a bonus. She didn't have it before. No. She has it now. Now, yeah. Um, what what kind of fruits are in fruit cake? It's like a uh, cherries, grapes, and like pineapples, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a, like I've never had a fruit cake. I probably Me never either. will. Um, I do like that it's kind of like it's the go-to joke in Christmas things. That's like that's why I've never like wanted to try it because all my life, all media has told me it is disgusting. Yeah, yeah, but yet like they still make it. It still exists, which is people wild. love it. Who? I don't know. Someone. I don't think it's our generation. Old, I guess like old people are just shoveling it down their throats. Yeah, because there's got to be. Do you think the maker of fruitcake pissed like uh, upcoming media man off, like back in like the sixties or seventies? Yeah, like the guy who invented fruitcake. Yeah, he slept with the wife of the guy who invented like every cartoon. Yes, the concept of cartoon. <laughs> Johnny cartoon. Johnny cartoon. Yeah. He slept with Maria Cartoon. Mm-hmm. And, the next and this thing is you know, Johnny's revenge. Yes. Johnny said, okay, you know, you made a mistake and you're going to pay for it. I will tarnish your one creation. Yeah. Uh, ouch. Ouch. Um, and so now, pro- I mean, maybe, you know, Billy Fruitcake is probably having to pick up some seasonal gift wrapping jobs or maybe work in the local Christmas tree lot. So... Uh, and because that's what Mickey does. Mickey's at the Christmas tree lot with Pete as his boss. Pete's everywhere these days. You yeah, where? Yeah, where isn't he? Where isn't he? Um, and Pete. Mickey's bad at his job, right? <laughs> like morality aside, like Mickey's bad at his job. Yeah, Mickey's not great. <laughs> Mickey's not great. Um, at his job here. Mickey's, like, told explicitly by his boss to try to get rid of those 10-footers. And instead, Mickey essentially uh, burns down his his job. Yeah. So, uh, doesn't get rid of the 10-footers. Uh, so, because Pete, Pete tries to enroll a family that doesn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of change. Um, no, they're very poor, but the father has to buy the biggest Christmas tree because he can't uh, discipline his small children. Yes. So, but he's, so he's willing to uh, go into a repayment system (laughs) with Pete in order to get this 10 footer. And Mickey essentially 
doesn't let that happen. And then everything gets set, set on fire. Yeah, Pete also has the tree spray can. What's the deal there? The what? He had, Pete has like the spray can. Yeah. That he sprays trees with, and then they're like alive again. Is that a real thing? Is uh, living spray tree paint? spray? Yeah. Tree be live. Yeah. It's magical. Yeah. You just like, boom. Trees are alive again. I'm, I've never heard of this magic spray that, bring, that brings trees back to life. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But Pete has it. Uh, and so anyway, so uh, Mickey loses his job. I think and his money, right? Yeah, Pete uh, takes it back. Yeah, I don't really... He takes his wages back? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> Some questionable ethical issues there, but nonetheless, Mickey, uh, he's sad, he's sulking, but then he ends up playing his harmonica for a toy fund with some firemen. And if fireman tells him, Mickey, you are very good at playing the harmonica, make sure you never sell or get rid of that. It is your livelihood. Now that you don't have a job, do not, no <laughs> matter what, sell your harmonica. And Mickey responds with, it's worth its weight in gold, and then pauses and immediately goes to sell it. Yeah. He's smart. That was a smart move. Yeah. Now he can't make any money ever again. Yeah. Because we know Goofy's not going to buy him another harmonica. He's not here for him. No. He's with the uh, the neighbors across the, the neighbors. street. Yeah. Uh, and so this is, I, I sometimes like the whole like gift of the Magi uh, like trope. But here, I mean, Mickey and Minnie end up with a gold chain, Ren, in an empty yeah. case. That sucks. What are you gonna do with those things? It's it's worthless. Yeah, is Mickey and like and like the message of the mm -hmm. special is you know it's like the thought that counts and like it was given with love, so it doesn't matter if it like. Except you know, it does matter. It does matter. It matters a lot, and now their lives are ruined. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey made a bad mistake. They both sold off their only pieces of property that might be actually worth anything. And uh, now they have junk. Like what? Mickey's get a uh, Minnie's gonna walk around wearing a gold chain. The yeah, message is: it's more important to celebrate a consumerist holiday mm -hmm. than to, you know, make sure you're financially stable and able to provide for yourself. Yeah, because the gesture is better than stability. No, no. Um, so we get a stability. Goofy's pretty stable. He's a good dad. He's a oh my gosh. He's, He's a, a good dad. dad. He does charity work. Such a good dad. Uh, like, you know who's not a good dad? Pete. Father figure, Pete. We, we don't even see his son. We don't even see PJ. He's with his mom no. this Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gotta be, and that's probably why Pete's so grumpy. Or maybe Pete's just grumpy because Mickey burned down his his christmas tree stand we're, like, we're going in reverse order because that's the order these happen in <laughs> i i could not believe it when pete like pulls max aside and is like max you idiot santa's not real are you kidding me you still believe yeah santa claus what are you for to this child what the heck pete what do you think you are um yeah and there's a, there's like some sweet moments here 
Um, a lot of a lot of actually like sweet moments. Like Goofy, yeah, uh, brings Max over, like prepares food, and then brings it over to the neighbors, um, who are like less well off. Um, Goofy clearly got them gifts. Goofy dresses up as Santa, um, to surprise them. Which, by the way, Max needs to read his like some social cues. Yeah. Uh, right. It was not his turn. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, Santa's here. Time for me to go first. Santa's here to see the poor family who never get anything. Mm-hmm. Time for me to go. Move over, children. Yeah. Um. So, like, that's sweet. But then, like, Max re- kind of repays the favor when... So, because Ma- Max goes through his whole, like, Santa's not real. And then Goofy's trying to prove it to him. And then Goofy starts to no longer believe. And then Max dresses up as Santa to try to cheer up Goofy. Which is just sweet. Yeah. This is kind. I th- I, th- I like that. That's like a nice uh, that feels like a good use of Goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, flip the usual dad pretending to be Santa to make the kid believe again. Yes. You know, yes. this time we've got the kid making the dad believe again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Brett, have I ever told you what my San- uh, the Santa Claus concept? I don't think so. Explain so, it to me. You know the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that we'll watch them uh, at one point in our many years ahead of podcasting. Um, okay, well, you know, like, so uh, Tim Allen, Santa's on his roof. Uh, Tim Allen accidentally scares Santa. Santa falls off the roof. Tim Allen puts on the suit, becomes Santa. Yeah. Okay, Ren. Here's what I got. Santa is asleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Him and Mrs. Claus are in their bed. And then Santa hears... A noise outside so he gets up and goes outside and looks up and sees tim allen is on his roof okay santa says tim get down from there tim is startled and slips and falls off the roof and dies santa doesn't know what to do so santa puts on tim allen's clothes and becomes <laughs> tim allen <clears throat> And we call it the Tim Allen. I like this. Okay. That's all I got. I don't know where, where it goes from there. But... I, I was thinking, like, mm-hmm. this was like a uh, kind of rule of living you were going to explain to me. Like, okay. the Santa Claus. Like, if I mm-hmm. kill a mailman, yeah. I become... And, I and like, I put on his clothes. Yeah. I become his profession. Yeah, I think like, that... Then I'm the mailman, and every morning I wake up yeah. looking like the mailman I killed. Yes, I think that logic applies as well. Okay, cool. Re- I think that'd be a great way of, like, making sure people don't murder each other. Mm-hmm. Like, if don't... we could create some yeah. kind of, like, cosmic law that physically changes our being in essence if you kill someone. Yeah, like, you have to become the person you killed. But then, that could also go, it could go two ways, right? Then you might have, like, the oh, richest, maybe I per- kill someone powerful richest person in the power. world is, is dying like 30 40 times a day right who knows cool concept right professions become like a super santa claus oh i think i created a bad world bryce yeah (laughs) (laughs) well so to become a super santa claus you would have to kill what like 60 male people (laughs) oh I now have, like, the strength of 60 mailmen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've absorbed their knowledge. Yeah, probably that. Probably some, like, 
NASA people as well to like I don't know they're, they're probably there'd be probably about a hundred people to combine to equal a single Santa so takes a hundred lives to make a Santa mm -hmm. this is a great concepts here this is you know <laughs> if anyone anyone hears this and wants to make a movie let Ren and I know <laughs> you know more than happy to sell some rights so Uncle Donald is that you <laughs> It is! Boys! Boys! <laughs> Yours is so much better. Mine's just like a gremlin. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, Christmas every day. This is- the Fairly Odd Parents stole this, like, one-to-one, -one, right? Yeah. This yeah, is literally so. just, like, the first Fairly Odd Parents Christmas special. The only thing that's missing, pretty sure Timmy sings a song, and there's no... Yes, well, he does. I wish every day could be yeah, Christmas. I wish every day could be Christmas. That's been seared into my brain for, like... Yeah, me too. Nearly two decades now. Good. It's a good, good song. Yeah. Um, so... Okay. So, first of all, we got, uh, the three ducks, Huey, Dewey, Louie. Um, yeah. Like, uh... Uh, Zanzibar, whatever her name is, she's nowhere in sight. Zanzibar? Yeah. Uh, also, Bonnie? Sure. Luby? I don't know. I know this is the girl one, right? Yeah. Yeah. The she's, pink duck? She's nowhere in sight. Let's just call them by their colors. Okay. Green, green duck, red duck, blue duck, pink duck. Sailor duck? Yes. Uh, and we also, so, uh, she's nowhere in sight, Ren. But what gets me is that the whole premise of this is that they make a wish and the wish comes true. So, is Genie somewhere around? So, like, they adopted him, right? Yeah, but they adopted him as a boy. He's like a boy duck now. Yeah. Or man I... duck. We, his age is ambiguous, right? Well, he's a boy with the head of an old man. Yes. Yes. So, which is oh, so going back to what we do in the shadows. Yeah. The. That's what they got the idea from. Yes. Yes. Um, so he's he maybe made the wish happen. Come true. I, th I think they've got him, like, chained up under the bed or something. Like, he has to make wishes now. Yeah. Like, yeah. things turned after the end of the movie. You mm -hmm. know, they tried to, like, hang out with him, but his jokes were very funny. Made a few <laughs> too many, like, weird comments, and one thing led to another, and now he's chained up under the bed. Yeah, we'll just keep him under there. Um, not even at our house, but at Uncle Donald's house. <laughs> um yeah because yeah that's like, right they're not with uh scrooge yeah scrooge comes he comes on his own later well not on his own he comes with the other two later um but yeah it was uh, I, I thought that was interesting that we're dealing in wishes again with them odd recurring theme but um yeah so they wish every day was christmas they're just they're monsters like uh, there's no ifs ands or buts about it these are three terrible little children with no imagination. No. They get to they relive Christmas like a minimum of three months if we're going off how many calendar pages they mm. rip off in the montage. Yeah. And they do the same thing every time. Yeah. It can only be so exciting to open up a toy plane so many times. Yeah. And or, like immediately. Yeah. Or, like, I love that after the first day, they start busting into the surprise sleds, like, without even it being given to them. And, like, Donald never acknowledges it. No. That keeps happening. Um, they're, like, avoiding this their giant aunt's, like, 
kisses. Yeah. It's a whole thing. They're uh, rude at dinner. They're wicked rude at dinner. And Donald, like, every time Donald tries to do anything, Daisy's like, Donald, let them be. Enough. Stop it. The children are being children. They're in yeah. a Groundhog Day loop. Can't you understand mm-hmm. that? Donald uh, almost gets kissed. Almost. Daisy. But... The children keep ruining his life. Mm-mm. Children, children, children. Uh, yeah, uh, I was probably as tired as Donald after watching them relive the same day over and over. It's just a little bit boring. It is. It's very repetitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just why? Why do why do a Groundhog Day loop like this? Yeah, it also it's it's like an interesting concept where if they're learning anything. But to your point, um, you know, and our general thoughts on it, there no one's learning anything until the way end when the house like gets ripped to shreds. Yeah, when they humiliate Donald and pin him under the tree. Yeah, when they Christmas finally too hard. That's it. That's when finally some lessons are maybe learned by these ducks. Um I feel like after so like after they go back at the end and like time starts moving forward again, I wouldn't put it past them to after a few days be like, eh, let's go back to Christmas. Yeah, I, I re wish it was Christmas. <laughs> Now we know how to do it right. Yeah, let's re-enter the loop and see how how much longer we can exist in this plane. So, um, yeah, Groundhog Day is it's kind of scary but cool at the same time. What would you do in a Groundhog Day loop? Depends on what day. It's a it's a good day. You got a good day loop. Okay. You know, you have the whole day to yourself that day. I would like. I would probably like. Groundhog Day is such a good movie because it, I feel like it captures what so many of us would do. The first few days would be like, this is bizarre and weird. And then it's like, okay, what can I get away with? And then it's like, okay, what types of things can I be learning? And then existential dread when you've been in the loop for possibly hundreds or thousands of years. Um, and you just try every exit route possible. And then finally you find love and it's over. You know what would be a terrible place to get Groundhog Day looped? Where would be? Where? Like a where in like a scenario. Okay. Like let's say you're camping Mm -hmm. and like at midnight wolves come out to your campsite and wake you up howling. Okay. And you always wake up that midnight with the wolves howling outside your campsite. are we talking the so the day starts at midnight? Because in Groundhog Day and stuff, usually it's it's when you wake up at like. All right, six we'll push it. We'll push it to six. Okay. So, so it's wake six. Wake up it's, to wolves. It's six a.m. There are wolves around your campsite. Yeah. It, that's if you get eaten by the wolves, you're back here. Yeah. Back. So to you're the stuck wolves. in this Groundhog Day loop where you have to get away from the wolves. Yeah, I believe like, that. You you want to make the most out of your time, so yeah, you know you don't want to like just sit there and wait for the wolves to leave. I mean, if you're doing it so much at that point, you're gonna find a way to outmaneuver the wolves, Ren. Those those first few days, though, they're gonna be hard. They are. So there's a there's a horror movie called uh, Happy Death Day, where it's uh, about a girl that's stuck in a Groundhog Day loop, and every single day ends with her being murdered. I've heard of by that. Someone. Yeah. It was it was fine. It was a popcorn flick. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so similar to your wolf idea, but um, I think less brutal. You think? Well, um, let's throw some bears into my wolf idea too. Bears and wolves. You so you up. have like the you have like the wolves on like the first like perimeter. Mm. You get past the wolves. It's like a circle of bears. Yep. Get past the bears. Sharks. Uh, do, Sharks. Do, you're surrounded by a mile of water on all sides. <laughs> after you get past the wolves and bears, and it's filled with sharks. Sharks. How like, many? It, yeah. How many? How many days would it take? How many resets would it take for you to find a way to get past the sharks? Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Because the wolves and the bears themselves <laughs> are like a couple of days. Yeah. And like, what? You know, what if you mess up? You yeah. know, on going through the bears, mm. then you're back. You got to go through the wolves all over again. Yeah. Yep. It's like a video game, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you just keep on trying and finding new ways until you finally break your way through. Die, have to go back to the beginning. Game over. So, um, all right, game over. I'm over this conversation uh, on Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Ren, do you got any reviews? Yes, I have three. Okay. Let me read the 10 out of 10 review by M.W. Crooner. Okay. Great Disney Christmas movie for all ages. This is one of the best animated Christmas movies I've ever seen. Huey, Dewey, and Louie learning that Christmas comes once a year for a reason. Goofy and Max learning about the existence of Santa Claus. And Mickey and Minnie giving up the things they own for the gifts that they wanted to give each other and learning that they were all they needed for each other because they love each other forever and they will never be apart. This movie truly contains some Christmas. And of course, we also know that Christmas is also about the birth of Jesus Christ. This is so a highly recommended Christmas movie for that special time of year and for ages to come. This is a timeless movie here and will last forever. 10 out of 10 for this. Wow. You know, I think Angela may have written that review i was thinking the same thing yeah yeah i got a uh, three out of ten review by kunk remark shocking i wonder what they have to say uh title is just awful three stars for the artwork that at least remained faithful to the original but the rest of this garbage really stunk up christmas all the subtlety and humor from the original cartoons is missing the stories are thin and boring. You will end up just hating everyone on the screen. Kids won't find this in the least bit entertaining either, especially if they have seen proper Disney cartoons. As usual, storytelling and characters give way to computers. Disney should be ashamed to have their name attached to this. What? <laughs> As usual, storytelling <laughs> yeah. and characters give way to computers. Mm. Oh, computer. What what did he mean by this? So he's upset. Uh, he well. So what is this? Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, give way to computer. Okay. Well, so Treasure Planet hasn't happened yet. I was thinking that this was a Treasure Planet hate post. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue what they're talking about. Let me give us our last review. One out of ten by Geo Larkin. Absolutely do not watch. Do not watch this with young children. The second one in particular seems designed to stop a child belief in you-know-who. Just a terrible show. Why would anyone make and distribute this? That's it. 
Grant, give me a give me a sec. Grant. Bryce? Give me a sec. I'll give you a sec. All right, Ren. We're going to a wedding on Friday. You're going so to a wedding on Friday? Yeah, so we had to look at uh, to look at some dress options. What Which color are you allowed to, to wear? What color am what I allowed color to are wear? You allowed to wear? Um, I think it's it's anything but white. So you're gonna go with white? I'm gonna wear my white dress. Go with like a. I hate this. <laughs> Any color. Just pick one color. <laughs> Go with like a white cane. Bring a white cane. A white cane? <laughs> like like a walking stick? <laughs> what? <laughs> but like a, you know, but it's not very practical for walking. You've clearly brought it for like decorative purposes. Okay. So it's like it's a really weak long stick. Yes. But it's white. It's all white. Yeah. So when like the bride sees it, she'll be like, "Why did you bring that walking stick?" And also, am I wearing why, white? Why does it match your full white suit? Okay, there you go. So if okay, I think that they'll have a lot less questions about the cane slash stick if I'm in all white. <laughs> so but it's still gonna be like a really long stick. Okay, like <laughs> like longer than my height. Like, yes, I have to carry it. <laughs> It doesn't. <laughs> it's got like some real weight to it too. Yeah, I don't know if it's a. I don't uh, like. It'll take up some seats. Like I gotta put it sideways on a couple of seats. It'll take up a row. Okay. Like people can sit under it if they want to, like hold it on their laps. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right. Uh, Ren, let's talk some rehearsal or Love Island. Let's do rehearsal. All right. Yeah, it was um bless you Lily. It was a lovely lovely episode. It was. It uh it it stressed me out at a few points. Yeah. Uh, I felt like tensions were starting to get high. Oh, they definitely were. We're starting to get high. Uh and especially between so like between Nathan and Angela, sure. Um and then like Nathan it felt like he didn't even need to look super hard to find what buttons to push with Angela and had just like had this in his back pocket from the minute that they met. And he was like, all right, finally it's time to execute operation. Like make my son Jewish. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Between the, like the confrontations between them, um, her saying she's a big fan of Mel Gibson. Oh my God. Like, (laughs) <laughs> While we all love the movies of Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, it was a great, great episode. Um, and we go into the finale uh, next week. Nathan's alone. Is wild to think about. He is alone um, with a fake child in a fake house. And so I don't know where that leaves us for what a final episode is going to look like. I feel like it really can be anything at this point. Yeah. Like, I I wonder if we'll see, like, or I wonder what, like, the other layer to all this is going to end up being. Yeah. Because there's clearly something else we're not privy to. 
Yeah. Yep. Because he, like, he even said in this, like, I've decided that, you know, we'll have no more other rehearsals other than this one. Yeah. Which means, okay, we're not going to any subplot or anything like that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, but it'll, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I agree. I think there'll just be like a final layer that is exposed here to really make us go, oh my God, what the heck has been happening? It's just, it's such fascinating television. Mm-hmm. And it's been progressing in such a bizarre way. Well, like, yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. like briefly Nathan for you esque. Then it's like this whole rehearsal thing. Then it's both. Mm-hmm. Then it's like really neither. Yeah. And now it's now it's like we're diving into like Nathan's own personal issues mm-hmm. and relationship with Judaism and faith and you mm-hmm. know relationships. Yeah, it's every every time where the show like is you think it's gonna zig, it zags, and then it does the opposite. And then it does it like backtracks like it it has yeah. it's it's like Wonka's elevator right uh, <laughs> to go back to the Wonka comparisons that uh, we had at the beginning of the show but it is where like every single moment it's gonna go in any direction and we're just like along for the ride and it can go in any direction it's not even yeah. like on a straight path um, yeah I am buckled in and ready for whatever the finale is gonna be and I'm excited uh, I don't like. The episode was good. I, I felt like um, it wasn't the strongest, but I also feel like it was building up to whatever we're getting at. It reminded me of a lot of episode two. Yeah. We're like, yeah. all right, we're back with like just Angela. This yeah. is like, we're seeing more of like the ins and outs of what her rehearsal looks like. Mm-hmm. And like, <clears throat> it's not the funniest. No. But it's really interesting and it's important that we're seeing this. Mm-hmm. This is like all of this is a very important layer to like to understand what Nathan's doing, to understand what Angela's relationship with this has like actually been. Yeah. Though I think like I think there is a possibility that she checked out after Adam was de-aged. Yeah. Like I feel like that would be a big immersion breaker for her at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That while that was happening, like, she was like, like I'm, I'm not sure, like. She was clearly committed at some point to, like, doing her tasks. Mm -hmm. It was like, the mailman keeps coming until, (laughs) you know, there's nothing left to collect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I really wonder where where she kind of lost interest. And I would assume it was de-aging Adam. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. Like, I also think that there's got to be, at one point, something that made her go, wait a second, this show doesn't line up with my values yeah my belief systems which are clearly important to who i am and like that alone would make me if i were in her shoes feel less interested definitely Um, so like angela and even the lady that that we have here who's teaching miriam their their son miriam is that that her name uh who's doing the jewish tutoring like like we're just seeing dynamic person after dynamic person and it has me wondering like are they truly dynamic or are they just like real people and nathan's doing his work to make sure that we see all sides of them like like it's it's interesting because people like angela and miriam exist 
Mm-hmm. But it also feels like really clean how the person he got to speak to Angela, like the diehard fundamentalist Christian, is like hardcore Zionist Jewish woman. Yep. It's literally just like the inverse of Angela. Mm-hmm. Like, if you wrote that, it would feel too clean. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's so like, it feels, it does, it feels so clean. And it also, like, the, what gets me is how this show feels beyond the actions and, like, what we're watching unfold before us, like, is a trip mentally as well. Uh, as a viewer, where I find myself, like, I, I think we talked about it with probably the Gold Digger episode is, is mm-hmm. where it felt most pre- like prominent to me. But, like, he's making me feel positive things for people who, based on how the world currently functions, I learn a sync, like, they can and are reduced to a single thing. So, like, yeah. you know, when it, like, we had the guy, the anti-Semitic, yeah, it was the, the anti-Semitic gold, gold digger, um, yeah. kid, like, guy Patrick. And then we had, in this episode, both, we've known Angela the whole time. We've known yeah. that Angela obviously has her issues. But then we also meet Miriam. Both of them, we see are, like, like, I do, like, when Angela's getting confronted like that and being kind of like put into this box, I'm like, oh, I do feel like a little bit for her. And it like, Miriam, it kind like, of, it reframes things a bit. It like changes totally. the perspective. Yeah. And it's like, okay, is the show trying to tell me that like, like people are fully dimensional and we as like, as a culture need to do better at recognizing, understanding that like everyone has character flaws. Yeah. And some like this isn't me excusing all of these very big flaws within these people yeah but also that they're all people at the end of the day um and that like we learn and grow through rehearsing like i don't i don't know if that that feels to me that's one of the biggest themes that i'm pulling from it is just that Mm -hmm. like how do we view other people well one Uh, of the things that's like interesting is you know these, like, arguments and confrontations, they're nuanced. Mm-hmm. Like, Miriam calls Angela an anti-Semite, and her reaction isn't to, like, be like, oh, no, like, I hate Jews, and here's why, or, like, it's, no, I'm not anti-Semitic, you know, I'm just I'm just a Christian. And this, and, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. this isn't me, like, justifying her behavior, you know, I do not agree with her beliefs, and I think she clearly has some hateful ideologies. Mm-hmm. But, like... The way the show frames it, it's like a reminder that these are these are human beings. They are three dimensional. Yeah, and like their reactions aren't going to be like these explosive. Like they're not going to confirm your what your worst thoughts of them are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That they're because that's not how it works. No, they're somewhere in the middle. They're yeah a, a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. And where that leaves us, I don't know. Um. But I feel like we're getting to see all of that, which is so fresh when usually it's only one or the other. And I so. think that's why, like, he included Miriam's final conversation in the credits. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's like the full reveal of who she is. Yeah. Like, early in the episode, it's like, oh, Miriam is this person who's helping Nathan reconnect with her Judaism. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is, like, 
you know, being being Jewish is better than being Christian because it's inherently less problematic. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the very end of the episode, and Miriam is just as problematic as mm-hmm. Angela, if not like a bit more so because she's discussing something that's more relevant and recent. Yeah, well, and and I think it's almost a reflection of Nathan as well. Like, yeah, as Nathan's doing all of this, we're seeing okay, we're like in some cases, okay, Nathan's. He's just, like, Nathan's a good guy trying to help these people out. But also, like, we I've been asking this whole, whole series so far, is Nathan actually a good person? Like, are these things helpful? Or is it more, is his, um, at least portrayed ignorance harmful? Is it, is this actually, like, is this a overall general negative? So well, it's interesting because there's that scene where Angela, you know, is telling Miriam that Nathan lies a lot and Nathan yeah. is manipulative. Mm-hmm. And like the look on Nathan's face, you can tell he knows that's true. And, you know, yeah. from what we've seen from Nathan, from you, from what we know from the rehearsal. Yes, he he does lie a lot. He is mm-hmm. manipulative. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do it to like do malicious or evil things. But those are true statements about him. And I I think it it affected him in that moment. Yeah. Yep. And like his his reaction is interesting too. They're arguing in the kitchen where he's like trying to explain like you know elevating and sketch comedy and like taking it to the next level, like making it more extreme. Mm-hmm. Which follows like how he approaches you know his subjects on Nathan for you, but like Angela's the first time where we've you know seen footage of someone like resisting, pushing back, and just kind of breaking that perspective apart for him yeah. and just not she like she just refuses to play on his level which i'm sure is part of the reason why he like finally is pushing her out now because they've had the footage of her doing nothing since the very beginning i'm sure yeah yeah but like she just she's just not giving him anything to work with no. and that in itself is interesting and that's led to a very compelling show in and of itself yeah yeah so We'll see where it goes. I'm along for the ride. I'm excited. It's been amazing. Do I think we'll see uh, the rehearsal season two? Time will tell. Um, it says season finale, not series finale. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, now with he did does have the the whole uh, Nathan Fielder school of acting in place. Like he has has all these people trained. So if he if and when he wants to, you know, go forth and probably like i would imagine if we did get a season two it it would be more structured like the first episode oh i'm sure it would be i'm like i think the reason this has been such an angela heavy season was because of covid yeah like realistically they could only have done these three rehearsals like core patrick and angela yeah like there wouldn't have been enough time or you know any way to do the rest yeah um yeah Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Let's let's talk some Love Island. Um <laughs> uh, so this is my first Casa Amor. Yep. And what did you think? Let me give me your thoughts. I love that they brought twelve uh cardboard so yeah, not cardboard, cardboard cutouts of human beings uh to interact <laughs> with the main cast. The bombshells. Really yeah. Um, Not many of them uh, made it through. 
And those that did, uh, well, let's see. Those that did, Nick, gone. Uh, Kyle, uh, oof. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, oof. I, I want to I dwell on Nick for a second, though. He always looked like he was on the verge of tears. <laughs> I'm glad he's gone, because I, I, I wasn't handling that. They're, like, yeah, yeah. He, he looked miserable. I'm glad he's gone to, you know, he's got to be with his family, Ren. He has to be. He's got to be with we his family. Him. Yeah. So he's gone. Um, and then who else we got? Was it Shantae? Is that her name? Shantae? Shantae. Okay, cool. Whatever. She's around. She's around. Uh, oh, it... we got Chad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who we haven't really seen much of. Chad's now with Courtney. Nah, he's he's um, laying low right now. Yeah, Courtney's gonna see some red flags real soon, though. I am sure of it. Only a matter of time. Yep. Uh, and then he'll be gone. And then we have Phoebe, of course. All the drama. Uh, I, Phoebe was a great choice to bring <laughs> back. I, I'm so happy Isaiah brought her back. <laughs> I'm happy, but I'm also upset that there is now so like that storyline is ending right like we're done with the isaiah sydney phoebe battle phoebe is switching her directions towards chaz mm -hmm. i am hoping that this all culminates in isaiah leaving mm -hmm. and becoming like ostracized by the villa okay but I, I... that's not gonna happen I just, I just want to hope. Sid Sydney's, Sydney's pretty much already given in to him. Yeah, Sydney's gonna break and give in. Yeah, she, and... she strikes me as very spineless. Yeah, they're gonna be, they'll be fine. And so, because right now, so the episode ended with like, okay, Sydney and is a cat. Uh, yeah, Sydney one and of cat. you, one of you are gonna, or like, are at risk. But then there's also a boy coming. Yes, a new boy is coming. So does new boy just pick one of them? I'm assuming new boy gets to pick who he's gonna save. Okay, and then the other one goes. And then the other one's gonna go, and I'm so, assuming... Like, if I'm just gonna go off, I'm just gonna guess Cat will stay. Really? Yes. You think Sydney would go? That I would think, be... Yeah. I ahead. think if I were a bombshell brought onto the the island, and I was uh -huh. told to pick between Cat and Sydney, knowing nothing about them, mm -hmm. except what I had seen on uh the Love Island they make me watch, mm -hmm. I think I'd pick Cat. Well... Because okay, if you so, pick Sydney, mm -hmm. you're also picking Isaiah's baggage. Yeah, and they've usually, because they watch. Yeah, they watch some of it, right? Yeah, they do. They, they to my understanding, they can choose not to, mm -hmm. but they like can watch some of it. And like Chaz watched all of it before he was brought on. Oh yeah, of course he did. I can't. <laughs> we'll talk about Chaz in a second. <laughs> I got some words about him, but um, that's a, so okay. So that's very interesting. I mean, that would be amazing. I want, because I want, I'm so over them. Sydney, Isaiah, done. They need to go. I um, think Sydney leaving would be great because, you know, then Isaiah would have to live with that. Yeah. Because he clearly wants to get back together with Sydney because, you know, he burned the bridge with Phoebe. Yeah. Realistically, no other girl on the island is going to give him the time of day. Nope. Like, unless they're a bombshell who comes on. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, with Phoebe, the whole reason she wanted Isaiah was to clearly take her away from Sydney. Yeah. Take him away from Sydney. Yeah, so I, I'm i hoping, then, that that happens. Because also, like, let, like, just, 
if the, whoever this new, this new person is doesn't watch the show and is coming in fresh with Sydney and Kat, I mean, personally, I think Kat's a more interesting personality, Me uh, too. at least initially, than Sydney. Also, would Sydney even, like, is Sydney actually gonna, would she even work hard to stay, or would she just be, like, give, like, a half-hearted attempt because, you know, she doesn't want to hurt Isaiah? Good, qu- good question. Yeah. E- either way, I think I agree with you where I'm I'm done with them. Yeah. Like, the Sydney-Isaiah-Phoebe arc has come to an end. I want to see, like, the explosive finale and move on. Yeah. The next they, big story. They gotta go. So, that would be great. That would be awesome if Sydney goes. Um, Chaz. I love how the moment, like, any girl shows interest in Chaz, he's like, well, I like her now. He is... Like a shit bag. <laughs> he literally brought what's her face, poor girl, into the hideaway. And then the Yeah, next that's day, right. They, he got to go to the hideaway. And then the next day was like, eh. I think Brooke is the girl that he ended up taking back. I don't but know. Like, yeah, whatever. But then swapped girls and was like, hey, I'm gonna sleep with a different girl in bed this like tonight. And then brought that other girl back to the villa. So and now, that poor uh, girl is trying to get him. Yeah, he is like, what a dirtbag! He's horrible to the. In in Phoebe's case, yeah. I think she's just trying to like desperately couple up. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame her. And you know, if Chaz will probably couple up with her because she's she's one of the more aggressive like girls that we've seen on there yeah by far um, it's aggressive so i feel like she especially with someone like Chaz, can get whatever she wants yeah um but like i am still like i can't believe that that is a thing that happened it's insane this poor girl showed up was one of the casa more girls and then was brought to a hideaway and then dumped the very next day because someone showed a little bit of interest in him. Yeah. Like, I feel horrible for her. And I think it makes it like tells me everything that I could possibly need to know about Chaz with two Z's. The fact he's lasted this long is insane. Yeah. Well, that's because right now we like the show is even making jokes of it as well. We are overrun with people on the show. Yeah. And we're bringing in a new boy. But like we need to cut these numbers down ASAP because half the cast isn't even interesting. So I, I think we'll see some trimming. They're definitely prioritizing a couple of couples. Yeah, we're getting a lot of Timmy and Zeta who well, got, they're, the like, only, they're the only like truly positive couple right now. Well, because they just got they were just chosen to go on a date because the show needed to fill some time. Like, what was that? They do dates and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they just, like, randomly pick, though? Well, they'll, they'll, like, send couples on the dates, because if they go on the date, like, it endears the audience to them. So at the end of the season, Mm -hmm. when it comes time to choose a winner, Mm -hmm. like, the dates kind of, like, add up in their favor, because we've seen more of them. Yes, so I feel like we should, I feel like we, the viewers, should be the ones that initially vote on who's going on dates, rather than production just deciding which couples do and don't get dates. I think we would if there were more were more couples at this point. 
Because when they did the date, like this is the first date in the season. We're like three weeks in. No, we got we got a Dev and Jesse a few weeks ago. Oh, they, you're right, we did the water skiing or whatever. Yeah, you're right, we did. Yeah, where he threw her in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Um, they're back together. They are back together. They I don't rem- I don't think they were sleeping in the same bed last night though. They were not sleeping in the same bed. But, um... He chose to couple up with her, right? Am I forgetting? He did. He okay. did, but she coupled up with Kyle. Yeah, that's right, she did left couple up with due Kyle, to personal then... reasons. Personal um, reasons. Have you, do you know about him? Yeah, I do know. Yeah. We don't have to discuss it. No, I'm good. But, um... Yeah. So, he's gone. And... Which is, like, I feel like... The fact that Jesse was so loyal, like, and Deb, like, Deb technically wasn't, but also, like, Deb deserves it to, like, to not be loyal to Jesse because Jesse was awful earlier in the season. Yeah, like, they're, so, they're on, they're on an even playing field now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm happy that, you know, love found its way, that they are back together again. By any means necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I was I was a little bit worried at first with that outcome that, you know, Jesse being single did not bode well with me. I mean, who's going to God bless America? Yeah, no one. No one. We need that America blessed by God uh, on Jesse's behalf. So I'm I'm happy that they're back together. That's that's my top couple in terms of entertainment value. Um, I like Jeff as entertainment value. Jeff's I mean, Jeff's been pretty good. I wish that he stuck to his guns a little bit more. Um, but, you know, I'm happy that he has, has gotten what we he seemingly wants. So. I I just love his, like, how he's the only one who, like, laughs at them when stuff goes wrong. Did yeah. you see the Unseen Bits this week? No. Where do I see that? Oh, it's on Peacock. It's every Saturday. Oh, is it Unseen Bits? Yeah. It's not okay. So I was told by the subreddit that it was just a recap of the week, exclusively. So that was the first one. The past three, the past like two, have been. Oh, uh, so I'm missing. Oh, stuff right. there. they're hilarious. The okay. most recent one was so funny. I'll have to go back and watch them then. I didn't Definitely realize do. that because I, I, I was like, okay. They uh, did impressions of every of each other, and they were actually pretty funny. Good, good. Um. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. So, how does what happens next? We reached is Casa more the halfway point? Yeah, it's more or less the halfway point. Okay, so now uh, I think we still have some more bombshells to be introduced. Yeah. So I think from I think we're gonna see like a lot of shuffling from here. Yeah. So we like and we're gonna we're probably gonna see some eliminations, and we're not going to see more people added. So we're gonna start dwindling soon. Yeah. So we like trim fat. Add maybe a couple more people in just to shuffle some things around, yeah. but otherwise, it's just getting these numbers down. And then eventually, what we get down to like four or five couples. Is there a, a number that we get to, or is it just whoever's check. a couple in the end, and then we vote from them? Let me see what last see what last season ended yeah. up on. Yeah. Because I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy with really whatever any of those are. Okay, so the last season had four couples by the end. Okay. So we'll have, like, eight people. I'm good with that. 
All right. So yeah, this uh, looks like this is the week where we're going to start like losing people and just keep losing people. Yeah. Which uh, that's works for me. Yeah, me too. I'm trying to see some people go. Um, It'll definitely change the, di- the dynamic, you know, yeah. get some tears flowing. There's like, there is, there's no world in which Timmy and Zeta don't win. Right. It, I don't know. That's Anything the thing that is happen. bothering me. Like they're strong right now, but we've still got plenty of time. Okay. Yeah, I just need I need it to not be a cakewalk for them, and whatever that means for it to not be a cakewalk for them. Timmy Swerve can still fuck up. Yeah. Did you love when Timmy Swerve was on what was it a motor a uh, bicycle? The tandem and was, bike. <laughs> and he was moving, and uh, Zeta was like, "Timmy, you don't gotta swerve." <laughs> And then he said swerve. Swerve yeah. the bike. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Uh, all right, Ren. You want to rate Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas? Yeah, let's rate this movie. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. So, I think I'm in like the 7.5 territory here. I'd say I'm in like the 6.5 range. Okay. Like above average, mm-hmm. good, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Not like my favorite thing in the world. If if the Donald Duck one was a little bit stronger, I think I'd give it a higher score. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm in the 7.5 because I think that this is, I think that we're nearing our, I mean, we've already peaked with a Goofy movie, but, like, we're nearing our, like, Renaissance era. (laughs) And then... That's a sad way of putting it. Yeah. And then that'll be it. So, is the second, is the, did they do the sequel as well? Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yep, we're going to be watching that right before (laughs) Mulan 2. That'll be a, that'll be fun. Yeah, Mushu's Revenge. Return of Mushu. Mushu. Return of Shao Kahn. <laughs> Good. Well, so, okay, so next week is uh, Seasons of Giving, which is a Winnie the Pooh film. Um, Excellent. Also Christmas related. Uh, of Giving. Let's check out the runtime on that one. On that bad boy. One hour, ten minutes. Not bad. All right. Reasonable. Yeah. Good. All right, Ren. Anything else you want to chat about tonight? Are you good to close this this storybook? Uh, Nicole and I finished rewatching Game of Thrones just in time for House of the Dragon. Yes. Oh my gosh. Are our conversations just like they're just gonna just shift, right? Yeah, House they of Dragon are. and She Hulk. Uh, um, I'm gonna be talking about House of the Dragon every week. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. So we'll be doing some of that. She Hulk will be out. Yeah, uh, She-Hulk be- this week, be- right? Yeah, yeah. Better Call Saul ends tonight. I, I know that's not something that it you... It ends tonight? It it ends tonight. Nicole and I are uh, watching Daredevil now that we finished Game of Thrones, but Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are going to be our next ones. Are you going to watch it in that order? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm. so I'm um, at the point in my watch of Better Call Saul where I'm watching new episodes. I've watched the uh. first... Uh, I've watched the first two seasons. Two or three seasons. Yeah like four times but i've never watched past a certain point and now i'm finally watching the second half of better call saul so i'm gonna do that and then i think i'm gonna end up going into breaking bad afterwards 
That'll be fun. Uh, because I haven't watched I haven't watched Breaking Bad since my first. I've only watched it through once, and it was, you know, yeah, when it it blew up when it got big on Netflix, and then I watched. I it watched it aired. So I rewatched Breaking Bad every year. There was a new season. Wow. But I haven't watched it since it ended. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. That was like one one of my most rewatched shows. I have a question. Would you rather be um stuck in Christmas every day or stuck in a meth lab with a fly? Every day. Every day. <laughs> I would rather be stuck in a meth lab with a fly every day. Yeah. That'll be my groundhog day. <laughs> <laughs> go kill that fly i love um that certain shows have those like breaking bad has is that episode just called fly yeah it's just called fly that has that and then lost has the episode with uh freaking the marco and polo whatever their names are paul paolo and claudio yeah whoever they are who get buried alive yep they get stung and buried (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know, iconic episodes. Right? I just love like, episodes like that. Just like this episode is bizarre. It's weird. Most people don't like it, but I'm, it's I'm part always of the a show's big legacy. Fan. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I tried uh, the Canadian I play Sea of Thieves with. I was trying to tell him last night. I was like, "You gotta you should probably watch Game of Thrones." He was like, "Yeah, I hear the ending's not good." I was like, "Just watch it. Like, just decide do, for yourself. yourself the favor. Watch it's not it. Even that bad. No." No, exactly. Okay, Ren. Uh, well, until next week. Um, Drogu out. I'll see you at a uh, Nate's Lizard Lounge. <laughs>